So I'm coming to this obscure topic. I wonder what on earth this is about. I wonder why I didn't stay in bed a bit longer. Never mind, that's fine. I'm sure that's not what you're thinking. It's what I'd be thinking. But, but I, then in England we have terrible thoughts, which we never tell anybody else about. We're very sort of introverted about these things. Now, I just wanted to ask you to put your hands up if any of you are currently or in the future planning to work overseas rather than here in North America. Yeah, a lot of you. Okay, so we've got a great mix here. Welcome, guys. Great. Fantastic. Uh, sit down, and you probably don't know what to expect from this strange session, but uh, I hope you'll get, get an idea in a moment. Was anybody at my session yesterday? Oh, good. I can crack one or two people, so I can't crack the same jokes. That's a shame. Oh. <laughs> Well, they weren't very good. They were quite corny, I'm afraid, or cheesy, as you say here. Right. Well, I'm talking about this subject because I'm very passionate about networks. I mean, I'm passionate about lots of things, um, including my, my wife and my hobbies and everything else, but I'm very passionate about networks. Um, and I, I hope by the end you'll understand why, and I hope this is going to be a useful session. As I, I wasn't... I didn't actually ask to speak on this session, so I'm, I'm a little nervous about the way it's going to come across, and I just hope and pray it will be useful. Uh, if it's not, sorry, guys, um, uh, but we can't do anything about it. Why do we have networks? Well, of course, we've got social networks. We've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got LinkedIn, and so forth and so on. But I was thinking, why on earth is, is everybody these days talking about, I have already done something wrong? Sorry, guys. And it's not jet lag. It would have been yesterday morning. Um, why, why are we talking about networks? And I got to think about this, and I think perhaps these are the reasons. Life is unbelievably complex. I mean, probably all of us in this room have got lots of different things we are interested in, and we have a bit of us in, interested in that, a bit interested in the other, uh, whatever generation, whether we're baby boomers, busters, breakers, brokers, uh, or Gen Y or IY and so forth. We are all people who've got sort of portfolios of interest. And very often we don't quite know what to do with them. Okay? So I was thinking, here we've got thousands of players, organizations, ideas, and initiatives, and we can spend our whole time trying to work out what our main interest is and what we do with it. Hi, good morning, Ray. There. I, your, your expertise will be much appreciated in this, uh, in this session. Um, I don't want to embarrass Ray, but he is the leader of the is Christian Connections for International Health, which is probably the most successful um, Christian healthcare network in North America um, with hundreds of members. I was just saying uh, for you guys who are, who are coming in, uh, it's the complexity and the need, therefore, to make linkages. But often the power brokers, the donors, the opinion formers are relatively few. For example, I may, might be interested in faith-based health care. I am passionate about it. But actually, the WHO is not terribly interested in talking to Ted Lancaster about faith-based organizations. But WHO may be very interested in talking to 100 people who are networked together who are interested in faith-based organizations. So, guys, the thing is, if we form 
special interest networks, we have got power to link, connect, and influence and be more effective advocates. And that's why we need to be linked through networks, through special interest networks, if we are going to make an impact. And I think we're in a world where actually many of us are not just satisfied to make a, a small impact in our immediate circle. We want to make an impact with others in a bigger circle. And that's what we can do if we network effectively. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you. Ah, I've got a... I've got a strong advocate in the front. That's <laughs> tremendous. Okay. So, uh, so that is, uh, I think those are some of the reasons why we need networks. There are lots of others. There's fellowship, there's fun, there's friendship, there's connection. All the reasons we use Facebook and Twitter and, and LinkedIn, all those reasons as well. But I guess I'm going a little bit beyond that. Okay, so what does a network do? Well, somebody gave me this analogy, and I thought it was rather a good one, actually. It's not mine. Um, so here we are. Let's, let's, let's take an example of Community Health Global Network, which if you read your blurb, I was allowed to speak about this morning because I put it down as one of the things that I'm allowed to talk about. Let's take the topic of community-based healthcare, for example. Okay. So there are, let's say, for example, 10,000 programs worldwide working at community level, there are many more, but let's say there are 10,000, and they're all doing their own thing fairly well or not very well in isolated places. Okay? Now, if they can be somehow linked up, if they can be linked up in a network which has got a power supply, some information, some encouragement, some enthusiasm those bulbs will start to burn more brightly because they will be linked together with a power supply and, hey presto, your community health program or whatever other program you're doing will start to have more power, more effectiveness and it'll get seven or eight points out of ten for effectiveness rather than just three or four. So in other words, a network is, is something which increases the power and effectiveness of your passion and your special interest. Now, this is a real challenge for me, actually, because I was going to do, do an exercise uh, thinking there would be about six people here, but now there are lots more, uh, probably because pediatrics are full next door, which is fine. Um, uh, I will probably just leave that, but I might come back to it. Um, okay. Do, do, you, do you get the idea? Am I, am I getting across all right on this? Okay, so putting this another way, a network is like a circulatory system. I love this idea of the circulatory system, which, or do you call it circulatory? Yeah, sorry. Well, we say circulatory in England. Same thing, I think, probably, more or less. Great. Welcome, guys. Terrific. Exceeding my wildest expectations. My English accent has drawn people. Terrific. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Another thing that a network does is to bring oxygen and take away the carbon dioxide, okay? So here was, here was I doing a probably fairly bad job in a health program a number of years ago in 
in a mountainous part of the world. And I didn't really necessarily know how well to do it. But I had visits from people who brought good ideas and took away some of the bad ones. They said, what you're doing out there is no good at all. But actually, what you can be doing is this, and this will make the whole thing work better. So it's a way in which we learn from each other. And we get rid of the carbon dioxide and we take on board the oxygen. And that is a really crucial part of what a network does. Now, uh, I just want to give you one little piece of background here before I'm going to get you to do a, a brief exercise on this. And those of you who, who heard me a couple of days ago will know this figure. Most of us know this figure, that we have got an extraordinary situation in the world where there are 1.3 billion who lack access to the most basic health care. And guys, if there's one message I want you to just take away from today, it's not necessarily about networks. It's about what model can we find post-millennium development goals that is actually going to be the Heineken factor, get the beer that will get to the places that nothing else will get to. How are we going to set up a model of healthcare that is going to be meeting the needs of those who most need health care. Because at the moment we do it very well for the four-fifths who don't need it so much, and we do it very badly for the one-fifth or the one-sixth or the one-seventh, depending on the figures, who don't have it. And that's why I guess the whole idea of networking people together who've got a passion to look beyond the MDGs as to how faith-based groups and how community at the heart of health care can really make a difference. So as we talk about networks, that is the background that is my passion. What are we going to do as Christians committed to the poorest groups to be as effective as possible, whether we're working in uh, Milwaukee or Toronto uh, or Glasgow or Lusaka? And just to uh, underline that a little bit uh, more, this amazing fact, guys, that in most communities that are Un, un, where there is no access to health care, three out of four problems can be prevented or treated early within the community without a doctor before anybody needs to be referred to hospital. And by networking community-based health programs together who are doing that, they can do it 50 times more effectively than if everybody just does their own little thing on their own. I work at a clinic in London called Interhealth, and I see people from 200 different INGOs and mission organizations. And there was one day when I saw uh, three different people who were doing community health programs. I can't remember which country it was, Niger or, or Uganda. And, I, and they would each tell me what they were doing. I said, oh, that's really fantastic. I've just met somebody who's working 50 miles down the road with a different organization doing community-based health care. And they said, oh, I've never heard of that organization. And then the next person came in, the third person, and, the, and they said, I'm doing this. I'm doing this program, we're really struggling, and I, you know, the fact is I can't, I don't know what else I can do. And I said, well, do you know about Jim Taylor, who is working 50 miles to the north? And do you know about uh, Susie, who's working 57 miles to the northeast? I said, no, I've never heard of them. I didn't know they were there. And I said, well, guys, why aren't you working together? And they said, well, we're all supported 
from agencies outside of our country. We've got all the connections to North America, but we do not work together within the country. And we don't own our own health programs. They're all owned by people outside. So the idea of the Community Health Global Network is that we are linking together people within countries, within geographical regions, so that they can work more effectively. And guys, I think this works probably just as, a, just as much in those who are working in the inner city areas of the global north, because certainly in London we have got hundreds of small programs that are working with the disadvantaged. We have a great national health service, but it doesn't necessarily work for everybody, and those groups need to network together. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Okay. Now, this is really exciting to have so many people coming in, but I'm finding this is giving the speaker a challenge. Never mind. Um, I have plenty of those at home. Right, uh, and so does my wife. Great, which means um, I just want to reiterate this before I'm getting you to ask to do something, which means that healthcare is not working for the poorest people in the world. And we need this new model, which is based on community. And we need these groups to be linked. And there are lots of different ways of linking them together. So, guys, over to you. And I would like you to just shout out uh, any of you who belong to any network which links you and your passion to other people who have got the same passion or interest? Yes. Could you tell us just a little bit about that, very briefly? Just give us two minutes on that. The Global Chain Network is a network of those doing community health evangelism around the world. It includes some people doing neighborhood transformation here in the United States as well. I understand they have members from about 520 different organizations, and its overall coordinator is sitting right there. Very admirable. Please put up your hand if you know about Che. Uh, Terry, would you mind just giving us another two minutes on Che, which is one of the networks I hope somebody will be able to talk to about here. Che is one of the most effective organizations in the world which is linking together and empowering people to do community-based healthcare as effectively as possible in remote areas and underserved areas. Terry is the director of it. Terry, could you just give us two to three minutes on Che? That would be just fantastic. Do you mind doing that? Uh, well, Che is a seamless integration of community health, community-based development, evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. And what we try to do is mobilize the church to engage the community in um, uh, developmental ways that uh, lift people, lift communities out of poverty and cycles of poverty and disease and bring people to faith in Christ. Uh, the program itself uh, is not structured much differently than traditional community-based health care systems. Our, our health workers who go into the homes are volunteers uh, who are trained by our trainers, Christian people who've come in. Um, and the entire system, except for the trainers, is 
volunteer. The, the programs that have gone to scale, the biggest programs, are church-initiated, uh, uh, church-based programs. I, I think that the church is uh, everywhere that we need to be in terms of the 1.3 billion who uh, don't have access to basic health care. Uh, I was in Papua New Guinea, and a guy in the National Health Department said to me, there's only one institution in this country with the capacity to mobilize enough people to do what we need to do in the area of community health, and that's the church. And so we're about mobilizing the church for community health uh, in some of the remote places where it's badly needed. Terry, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. And just to add one or two more things to what Terry said, so if you are doing community-based health care anywhere in the two-thirds world, or if you are starting to do this in urban areas here in the United States and Canada, Terry and his colleague Stan Rowlands, who founded CHE originally, are the people to talk to because they are already doing it and they are already learning how to do it, and they can be the group that empowers you to do what you're doing better. Put up your hand if you think the biggest and the best network in the whole world in terms of its impact on communities is the Church of Jesus Christ. The local church is the most amazing network in the world. And if the local church was empowered to care for the physical, the emotional, the psychological, and the spiritual needs of its congregations, the world would be transformed. But an awful lot of churches concentrate on just one of those things and not the holistic mission. Uh, so the church as a, uh, as a wonderful network. Terry, thank you for that, and thank you very much, John, for that. Does anybody else here... Uh, belong to a network which is making a difference to them or does anybody here lead a network which they would like to just tell us about briefly? I have got my eyes on two people here actually. Ray, are you happy to come up and just tell us about CCIH? Everybody should know about CCIH in the room. Well, after what you said, I, I, th I think the main thing I want to say is that uh, I have membership forms here. <laughs> and, and I also wrote in my notes that you said that I lead the most successful network in North America. I'm not of sure. No, I, no, I did say Christian, I did say Christian Health yeah. Network. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But my name is Ray Martin. I'm director of Christian Connections for International Health, which is one of the co-sponsors or partners of this uh, Global Missions Health Conference. A big fan of CHE also. Uh, we're, a, uh, we're a network of Christian organizations and individuals working in international health. We have about uh, 200 organizations in our network, from World Vision, Samaritan's Purse, World Relief, to small mom-and-pop organizations, and uh, also a lot of uh, African Indian members, a lot of the uh, Christian health associations, many, many, you didn't mention that, you, it's probably on your slides somewhere, but a lot of the African countries or other countries have in-country networks of Christian hospitals, clinics, public yeah. health programs. In many countries, they're called Christian Health Association of Nigeria, Zambia, Kenya, whatever. And many of them are members of our Christian Connections for International Health Network because they all see the value that you're explaining to us this morning, Ted, of linking together. Uh, we're called doctrinally to be one in Christ, 
We don't do a very good job of that, but networks are one way of trying to bring all these many different groups together. So uh, we, we welcome any or all of you to join CCIH as well. <coughs> our booth, you can see me afterwards, our, our booth is in the uh, lower the lower floor uh, on the extreme left. And our roles, I, we summarize as uh, information sharing, networking, and advocacy. In fact, right now, my next challenge, as soon as I get away from this conference, is to draft a message that will go to the Obama administration, giving uh, the collective views of a lot of networks on what we would like to see the Obama administration do in a second term in global health, to bring the faith community perspective to that. So that that's the kind of, it's, it's exactly, they don't want my opinion. They want the opinion of hundreds of Christian organizations together, and we're helping to consolidate that. Ray, thank you for that. I, I have to say that that comment has probably warmed my, my heart almost more than anything else I have heard uh, in the last two days. There are lots of things that have warmed my heart. That here, here is an organization with sufficient advocacy power for an administration to listen to so that it can help to form its policy based on the opinions and added values of Christian thinking and of the Church of Christ. And that is fantastic. And this is one of the great things about networks. If we, if we are the sort of people who turn on our television screen and say, I can't believe the world's going like this. I can't believe this is the new policy out there with this group or that group. We don't need to be whingers and whiners. We can actually join a network and we can be able with others to be effective advocates. And we do not have to be nihilistic and pessimistic we can be realistic and we can work together and we can make an influence. And as we look beyond the MDGs, we have got to make sure that the faith-based voice is heard and the added value is heard. And that is probably the most valuable thing that a network can do. So it can work at policy level, but it can also link together the people at community level as well. And those two things together are very, very powerful. I do not like picking on friends in the audience, but as I'm looking straight at Binod Shah, who is the chief executive of the International Christian Medical Dental Association, who's here. Binod, could you just tell us about ICMDA, another group we should know about and belong to? Thank you. Uh, the, the International Christian Medical and Dental Association is an umbrella body of... Um, Christian medical national Christian medical associations. That means um, the Christian Medical Association of India, the Christian Medical Fellowship in uh, Finland, the Christian Medical Dental Association here in the U.S. They all come together, about 70 countries, to form this body. And uh, it is a 50-year-old organization. Um, we try to get the organizations, the national associations, to talk to each other and to meet together as often as possible regionally and internationally, and also to do mission with each other, uh, mission jointly wherever it is needed. The office is based currently in Velo, which is a, a small sleepy town in South India. 
and uh, I'm the executive director. Uh, and uh, we have a staff of about four people. Um, we have a in the international, next international conferences in 2014 in Netherlands. And we are expecting about 1,500 doctors from all over the world. And uh, you can actually go into the website and register for that conference if you want to meet doctors from all over the world and dialogue and get to know about opportunities in mission. Thank you. Bino, thank you very much. So, yes. Hi. Connie, did you want to add to that? No, but I'm your friend, too. <laughs> <laughs> you invite me up to speak? Yeah. <laughs> Connie is coming to t tell us about an absolutely inspirational program in India, which has got links all over the world. Thank you, Connie. So I work with the Comprehensive Rural Health Project in Jamkhet, India, which is east of Mumbai. And we've had thousands of people that have come through Jamkhet, both from India and from around the world, that have learned from the village people how to do an empowering approach that's sustainable of working with communities. So we have a network of people that have been, that have come and have been transformed by that experience in Jamkhet. But we also are members of the Community Health Global Network, the CCIH, and so we, we're, you know, we're our own network, but then we join other networks so that we can expand our work and strengthen the work on behalf of community health and especially building the capacity of communities to do things for themselves, like with the CHE approach also. So um, there's a lot of these programs that, and that's why it's important to have things like CCIH and CHGN so that we can also connect together so we're not our own little networks, but that we're a network of networks. Thank you. Connie, thank you very much indeed. That's fantastic. Our time is beginning to run out. That's, that's wonderful. Um, does anybody else lead a network here? I've got one friend in the back row sitting next to Connie. I'm going to call on in a moment. But yes, thank you. Can you tell us briefly about your network? This is Image International, and we have oh, a network yes. of Christian family medicine residency programs now. Some are overtly Christian and some are under the radar. But we have that uh, group of about seven residency programs growing to about ten. How can people find out more and, and, and join the what you do? image booth uh, up on the second floor, and we'd be happy to get information for you. So we've got in his, in his image booth, we've got the CCIH booth, which is as you go in on the ground floor on the left-hand side. JumpCAD uh, booth uh, is the same as the Hesperian Health Guides, which you should visit, which is top, the second floor, right over on the far right. Uh, ICMDA, where is your booth? You know, uh, Vinod is the booth. He is the person you need to find and, and, and join. Fantastic. There's a CMDA booth. The Christian Medical and Dental Association is one of the, uh, one of the larger members of the ICMDA. So go to the CMDA booth. And, of course, David Stevens is speaking later this morning, who is the uh, chief exec of, of CMDA. Okay. So these are all networks. This is very exciting. Now, anybody else? Uh, is anybody else... Uh, leading a network, however small, however different, that they would like to tell us about. Okay, well, that's fine. We've, we've had a thank you very much, all those who've contributed. I've got one more person I'm going to call on in a moment, but I'm just going to do a little bit more before we do that. Community Health Global Network is, is a small and emerging group, and this is what we are aiming to do. I put this up partly to tell you about CHGM, but also a little bit more just to to give an idea of what networks do. They do this connecting, they do this informing, and they do this influencing. And uh, some concentrate more on one and, uh, and less on the other. But I do love this idea of 
amplifying members' voices. Everyone in this room, when they stand up, have got a voice which is either very very little or very loud. But actually, if you believe in something, you want to have a louder voice for what you believe in. This is the way it can happen. Uh, and also, you can sing in harmony with other people. So it's not just one voice, it's a harmonious voice. And that is more beautiful and that's more effective. Okay, so just very briefly about uh, Community Health Global Network, and we would love any of you to join this. It's free and you do it online. Take one of these afterwards. We currently have about 500 members, and that tells you a little bit about where we're, where we're working. And I'm going to tell you one interesting thing which happened uh, just a couple of years after we started, which is an example of how a network can have an influence. And as I heard Ray Martin talking about influencing the Obama administration in, uh, in its future policy, it, it reminded me of this. Back in 2007, the World Health Organization uh, came to the realization that there were actually quite a, peop uh, a large number of Christians and people of faith who were doing useful stuff in the world. Sorry, did somebody? All oh, right, sorry. I was wondering if something had fallen off or I'd done something wrong here. And uh, apparently back in the early 2000s, the early noughties as some of us call it, um, WHO, WHO was not really aware that the faith-based organizations were very impactful. But anyway, they decided to do some research and they discovered that between 40 to 70% of health care provision in sub-Saharan Africa, Africa is carried out by religious health assets. That's the term basically for churches and a few other groups. 40 to 70 percent. So there was a realization that actually churches were not just, and Christian groups were not just a little bubble on the outside, but they needed to be brought into the mainstream. And back in 2007, WHO decided to convened two different conferences. One was on the role of faith-based organizations, and the other was on the revitalization of primary health care. And they were scratching their heads, and they were thinking, well, who do we invite? And the people they invited were not individuals, and they were not necessarily organizations. They were networks. They were groups of people who were speaking with a common voice, and that gave them far more influence. And CHGen, after just being around for two years, actually was asked by, by WHO to, to joint chair a conference on the revitalization of primary health care. But we'd only been going two years. And I said, when I was asked, I said, look, why don't you ask Oxfam or World Vision or all these, or, or all these other well-known groups? They said, we can't. We've got to invite a group that may not be well-known, but it networks people together and it can speak with one voice. So, guys, amplification of your voice. If you're passionate about tra the trafficking of women and how that needs to be destroyed and broken up, join a network and have an advocacy power. Join some of these wonderful online networks, avaz.org, A-V-A-A-Z.org will get 13 million signatures on worldwide issues. And it's currently working with the government of Pakistan about, about the uh, attempted assassination of, of the girl who was, was standing for uh, human rights of women. So these networks, online or whatever, are very powerful. Okay, so I'm just going to 
uh, run through that. I'm going to leave that one. I'm going to leave that. I just want to now finish. We've got another uh, five minutes or so. I just want to finish by uh, one of my friends and colleagues in the room, uh, sitting next to Connie, called Nathan Grills, who uh, is feeling a little bit jet-lagged. Uh, but, Nathan, I think you're, you're n- nearly always up for almost anything, aren't you? If you could just come up in one moment to just tell us a little bit about what uh, a cluster, what a, a, a network has done within one geographical area by linking groups together who were previously unlinked and slightly at each other's necks and are now actually working well together. Would you just be able to come and tell us a little bit about that, uh, Nathan? Nathan is one of the people who leads this group along with some friends from Emmanuel Hospital Association. There's a younger, younger Ted is there as well a few years ago. Uh, it's, this is one of the sub-clusters of the Community Health Global Network. So Ted and I and a few other people helped facilitate this. But it's just been, it's been an amazing journey. Firstly, there was a lot of conflict between these programs, which had gone back 20 years. And I was sitting in a board meeting with, they've um, appointed a board to run this cluster just recently. And they, after the board meeting, the, one of the ladies here, Madhu Singh, was saying, only three years ago, these people weren't talking to each other. For the last 15 years, there's been a history of uh, tension, which meant they didn't work together. And they're all in the same area, doing the same community health programs, yet there was no cooperation. But over the last uh, five years now, there's now 41 Christian community health programs in that state, the northern state of Wittrikan. Um, they're working together on disability, they're working together on tobacco control, health training uh, and resource sharing. But just, I just had a meeting there last week with uh, 60 people from the 40 programs. It's just, it's, it's been a slice of heaven seeing how Christian programs work together for the common good, for the glory of God and to encourage each other. So it's just a total transformation in their thinking. At first, I think people came for funding, thinking, oh, there's some funding here. But they've realised now that if they come and they contribute one thing, then, there's, then if every program contributes one thing, there's 40 things that they can all share. So the pie gets bigger. Rather than losing their bit of the pie if I share it and it gets smaller, the whole pie gets much bigger. And it's been a, a change of thinking that they've come to this point now where they're, they're working with the government, they're lobbying, they're working with the international universities, they're doing research. So I just got an email then that they're trying to incorporate tobacco control into the government program. And they've asked this cluster to be involved in an area where the government is very against Christian programs. But it's 40 programs, they're very visible and have a much bigger impact than one program. So. I could talk a lot about it, as Ted knows, but come and see me after. <laughs> Nathan, that's fantastic. Thank you for that. That's, that's absolutely wonderful. And, um, and I think another wonderful thing about... I don't think our networks necessarily need to be Christian. I think they can be actually focused on a particular passion area. As, I, as you walk into Southeastern Christian Church, you see that great map, and you've got this, this wonderful list of, of not just specialities, but of passion areas. The areas that that if somebody asked us at the end of our life, what would you really have wanted to do to make a difference to the planet that God's put you on? Uh, you would say, yes, it's this, it's this, it's this. The passion areas that we've all got, they do change a bit. But we do need to have networks of the groups that we are passionate about. And guys, I would just challenge any of you here, who are, if you're passionate about something <laughs> now, and I bet you all are, two or three things, find other people find a network where there are people who share that same passion. 
And if there is not a network, if you seem to be a lone voice, dare to start your own network and get people together because it's the togetherness that's going to change the world and especially if it's the Christian groups doing stuff together that are going to change, change the face of the world. So, um, so the, the concept of network is not static. It's something very dynamic. And I'm going to leave this idea with you because I personally find the word network exciting, but I find one word 50 times more exciting, and that is the word health movements. You see, once people start networking together and sharing ideas, they then want to have some action. They want to make a change. They want to impact the world. They want to make a difference. So a network that is really doing its stuff is turning into a health movement. And I want to just leave you with this uh, final idea before you perhaps fire one or two questions in the last three minutes. I want to leave this idea with you that in my, in my assessment, and it's just one viewpoint, uh, the world has reached not only a point of, I guess, quite serious disruption and uncertainty. I think on the other side, it's reached a point where the Christian voice, the Christian viewpoint, and new ideas about how the world could be made a better place. I think we have got an open door, and I think people are wanting to hear us. And this is the moment where we need to get together and have a common voice on the things that we believe in. And to me, these are two really critical things that we believe in. Global health, so much dominated by the donors, the governments and the politicians, which of course make a big difference, but do not necessarily impact communities and do not necessarily lead to community ownership, whether it's inner cities in North America or, or poor areas in, in other parts of the world. And we need to put the community at the heart of global health. If beyond the MDGs, that can be one thing, one message that gets through to UNDP, the World Bank, the World Health Organization, and UNICEF, it is let's make sure that the community themselves own their own programs, are involved, and are not just people that kind outsiders do things for and give things to. They need to own these programs. They need to be part of it. They need to themselves be part of the solution. And beyond the MDGs, guys, we have got to have a health movement that puts community at the heart of global health. That will start with a network of people getting together to amplify their voices. And more than that, let's put the kingdom of God at the heart of global health in the future. If the WHO is saying, look, 40 to 70 percent of, of health care provision in sub-Saharan Africa is being done by faith-based groups, by church groups... We have got an open invitation, and just a final story before we leave. On the Tuesday evening before I left, and I couldn't get to this meeting, but somebody emailed me the results afterwards, there was a meeting at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, which is the big research international <coughs> university in, in the UK, and there were three speakers. I don't remember. The, the, the One was from Islamic Relief. 
One was from Mary Stopes International, and I don't remember the third, and they were talking about the value of faith-based organizations, and I said, oh my goodness, to some of my Christian friends, go along to that and put a, put a spoke in for the, for the Church of Christ as part of the faith-based organizations, and people did go. But do you know, those people who were not committed Christians, the outcome of that meeting was faith-based organizations are crucially important, and faith-based organizations are known to provide better quality health care than secular groups and governments. And that's come out several times. So we have got an added value as Christian healthcare professionals. Guys, let's do our own thing in our own place, but let's amplify our voice and influence the future of global health beyond the MDGs. Please do this. Please join ICMDA, CCIH. Please join CHE. Please join the other groups that we've heard about. Join CHGN, please, that's fantastic. Take this away, but I'm not plugging that any more than any of these other groups. Together we can do it. So uh, I want to just leave us on that, on that note, but I want to pray as well. Before I do pray, does anybody just want to come back with any immediate comment, burning thought in their, in their head or their heart about this? Okay, I'm just going to... Yes. I'll just give an extremely quick answer to that, if I may, and some of you may disagree with it, okay? I'm going to say primarily it's the Church of Jesus Christ that we're talking about that is going to have a transforming of world. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the transformational development of the world as it is now is part of the Lord's Prayer. So as Christians, we're meant to do that. But if we come across people of other faiths who believe in compassion, care, kindness, social justice, uh, and the eradication of, of different forms of social evil, let's link with them in those areas and work together with a common voice. That doesn't mean to say we water down our faith, but it means that we have a stronger advocacy over things that we've got a common uh, antipathy to. So primarily the Church of Jesus Christ, but also other strategic allies to fight evil. I think that would be my answer to that. I hope people will find that acceptable. Okay. Sorry. Yes, 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 exactly. And um, yes, Francis Schaeffer wrote a wonderful book on that. So we become co-belligerents. We, we, we find somebody who's got the same passion to fight an evil, and we work with them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with all the other things. Yeah, exactly, co-belligerents. Thank you. I'm just going to say a prayer. Lord, we thank you that uh, we thank you that you came to earth to found the church. We thank you, Lord, that you are multiplying and amplifying the voice of the church. We thank you that though we sometimes feel we are weak and feeble and isolated as individuals, I thank you that when we get together as groups, as churches, as networks, as movements, you can empower us to make a difference and that that can be part of the fulfillment of your wonderful prayer 
which we're just going to say together. We'll all say it in different versions, but let's just say the Lord's Prayer together in whatever version we know. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much for coming. I think this is, this is a rare uh, time when there are leaders from different networks here in the same room. Ray was talking this morning about the possibility of the leaders of different networks getting together to talk about networking our networks. And I'm wondering if maybe those of you who are leaders of networks could stay for a couple minutes so we could chat about that. Yes, Ted, yes. I, I, I've, got a talk, I've got a talk to do. Ted's got a talk, so we got, yeah. Uh, guys, please do, please come and say hi to Terry, and, and, and let's join in with that, if that's possible, any other network leaders. And please come and just take, uh, I've got a few of these left. Uh, if you're interested in CHGN, Community Health Global Network, please take one of those. Thanks. <laughs>